Let's pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts and minds upon those words be acceptable in your sight, Lord. If our thoughts and our receiving and our doing of your word is not acceptable in your sight, then there's no point in being here today. Bless you, Jesus. Help us to be doers of your word and not hearers only. We ask it in your precious and powerful name. Amen. I don't know, sometimes I think about how great it would have been to be one of the 12 disciples, right? <laughs> it would have been great. Three years, pretty much daily miracles, uh, demons, the worst, the nastiest, gnarliest kind, come out without, with a word, uh, healings of all kinds, the worst possible things you could imagine, people brought from, from hundreds of miles around, dropped through ceilings for him to, to heal him and restore him. Uh, three, that would have been, uh, the the three-year ride for the disciples would have been unbelievably majestic and wondrous. And that last week must have been just awful. Just awful. The Lord's Supper, they were getting so troubled and so stirred up and so disturbed that Jesus had to say, be at peace multiple times. He had to say, don't let your hearts be troubled. Believe in the God I've shown you for three years. Believe in me. You've seen me do miraculous things. Trust me. And Jesus had to say, I know tomorrow is going to be mind-blowingly, heart-blowingly hard for you because they're going to take me. They're going to arrest me. They're going to treat me terribly. They're going to crucify me. I'm going to die. And where I'm going into death, you cannot come. You cannot follow We've been daily companions for three years, but you can't come with me tomorrow. To see him arrested must have been unthinkable. To see him scourged must have been horrifying. To watch him try, begin to carry his cross to Golgotha and then physically not be able to do it because the scourging had taken so much out of him. To see that they had to drag some poor soul, Simon of Cyrene, out of the crowd and make him carry the cross for Jesus. I, mean, I don't know what they were thinking the whole way as they followed from a distance probably to the crucifixion hill. The whole time Jesus is being mocked and ridiculed spit on and horrifying things like that. To hear the things he said from the cross, to be there for the darkness from noon till three, it was pitch black. John says the sun failed to shine. In his last moments, Jesus said, it is finished. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And they watched him breathe his last breath and die. I'd sign up for that first three years of disciple. I'd be on that in a heartbeat. Not sure I'd want that last week so much. So they put him in a tomb. All day Saturday, what do you suppose they're doing? Bet you it's pretty quiet. A little bit of talk, but not much. 
mostly trying to process, trying to think, what, what in the world now? What now? What now? God bless the women. They're like, well, they've done the most horrible things we can imagine to our Savior, our Messiah, the one we thought was Messiah. And they even had to stick his body in the tomb quick before the sun went down. We didn't even get to prepare his body. We didn't get to rub herbs and spices on his body so it wouldn't stink right off the bat. We didn't get to honor him even in his death. And so the women are like, everything else has just gone horribly, terribly, God-awful wrong. Least we can do on Sunday morning is hope to get into the tomb somehow and and bless his body before it goes to rack and ruin. Mary Magdalene is one of the chief mourners and grievers in the scriptures. She leads the way in grief and being completely overwhelmed with what's happened. And that's where John picks up the story in chapter 20, verse 1. So John records, he says, So on the first day of the week, Sunday morning, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early. Now it's, it's fascinating. John focuses, laser focus on Mary Magdalene. There were other gals with her. We know from the other Gospels. He focuses on Mary. He, he picks, chooses her. And I don't know why for sure. John doesn't tell us specifically but I wonder, because from John's perspective and experience, she was the chief mourner. She was the one devastated the most. And I want, you to, I want you to take this heart this morning. Watch how the risen Jesus ministers to Mary Magdalene. Grieving the hardest, most, most devastated, the one whose faith has been brought the lowest and the tiniest. Watch how Jesus ministers to her. And I don't know where you're at this morning, but I want you to know Jesus is here, he's alive, and he's here to minister to you this morning like he did to Mary Magdalene. Okay? Everybody say, cool. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early. While it was still dark, all she wanted to do was embalm him, get some spices on him. She saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Now, John doesn't tell us, but she had an encounter with angels this first time. They already told her he's alive. <laughs> but she's so devastated, she can't even hear it, people. So verse 2 says, so she ran. There's a lot of running going on here. So she ran from the tomb and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb. I can't, what a devastating week. Friday was horrible horrifying. Yesterday was, was just, I can't even describe it with grief. And now somebody's taken his body. What more can they do to us, right? This is her heartbeat. This is her only thought. What more can they do? Somebody stole his body. I can't even, I can't even make it smell better to honor him. Come on. So she ran. She went to Simon Peter, the disciple, the one Jesus loves. Said, They've taken the Lord out of the tomb. We don't know where they've laid him. What do we do now? 
I had a clue what I was going to do this morning. I can't even do that now. They took his body. Verse 3. So Peter went out with the other disciple, John, and they were going toward the tomb. They're like, what is, what is up? Got to check this out. Verse 4. Both of them were running. So we had Mary running from the tomb to tell them, his body's gone. Who took it? This is devastating. On top of devastating, they run to the tomb because what's going on? So both of them were running together, but the other disciple, John, outran Peter and reached the tomb first. And stooping to look in, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him, and he went into the tomb, because Peter was always bolder, amen? So Peter goes into the tomb. He saw the linen cloths that had been wrapped around Jesus' body lying there, and the face cloth, which was a separate cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. Any murder mystery fans here this morning? Come on, get your hands up. What, what do you deduce? If somebody stole his body, can't, well, the Romans would have? No, they had guards set up there. Chief priests of Sadducees would have? No, they were trying to guard against it. Disciples would have? She knew they hadn't. Mary ran to them and said somebody took his body. She knew it wasn't the disciples. But if somebody had stolen his body, for crying out loud, would you have stripped, taken the time to carefully strip him naked, fold the face cloth that you unwrapped from his head and lay it down, and then take his naked body out of the tomb? That's ridiculous. So they assess the evidence here, Peter and John. We should do that. Does God want us to turn our brains off to believe in Jesus? He gave you brains for purpose. Verse 8, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw, and he believed. So John goes in, and he goes, nobody stole his body. Something else happened here. He's alive. Um, remember, he, he told us. He told us he was going to do this. It's coming back to me now. John started believing. He's alive. Verse 9 says, and this is John himself, he says, For as yet they, including me, did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes, so they're processing. Poor Mary, she hasn't, her faith was down to here, beat down to here, okay? Just a mustard seed left. And somebody's been banging on that with a hammer. There's hardly anything left. Now notice, did Jesus appear to Mary and the women when the first time they came? Let, let angels speak to him. Did that help Mary's faith? Not, not yet. Verse 11. But Mary, so Mary has already run. She walked to the tomb, ran from the tomb to the disciples, sent them, they went ran on ahead to check things out. By the time she gets back there, she's tuckered out. She, did, she wanders in, not wanders, but you know, she gets there later. She approaches. She gets back to the tomb her second time there that morning. Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. Has Mary got the memo yet? Has her faith risen up to believe yet? Nowhere near. She's weeping because she's still stuck with, somebody took his body. 
How can you be so mean to us on top of the horrifying events of Friday? And as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb. You know, because you would. You'd be just like, I, I just can't believe he's not there. You know, I, I'm gonna, you'd want to look again. Just say, I can't believe it. She saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. And they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Now, <laughs> the angels, they got to be scratching their heads a lot. I bet you when we get to heaven, they're all going to have little scratch spots right here. Okay? The ones that they're hanging out with us and like, What? Woman, why are you weeping? We already told you once he's alive. Peter and John just came and they figured it out. They're starting to believe. Why are you weeping? She said to them, they don't even know who she's thinking of. They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. So it's very probable she's looking into the tomb, talking to the angels, and it's very probable that the angels looked up because Jesus appeared in that moment behind her. And so when we do that, when you're talking to somebody and they obviously break off and look past you, you know something's going on behind you, right? So she turns to see what the angels are looking at. Having said this, she turned around and she saw Jesus standing there, but where's her faith at? It's mustard seed and somebody's beating on it with a hammer. She can't see that it's Jesus alive standing. She expects his body to be dumped in a ravine somewhere. That's what she's thinking. She's thinking. 